Today's scripture comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you may not have seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Grace. Is it my turn again? <laughs> all right, here we go. Hey, faith family, uh, friends, newcomers, and all of you here in person and online, I know a lot of you are guests here uh, for our confirmation service today. Thank you for being here. Uh, I hope our internet is working because the internet went down here uh, during the first service. And uh, so if it, if it doesn't go all out to all of you today, then hopefully it'll be recorded and we can post it later. Uh, today we have 11 students who are professing their faith in Jesus, becoming partners at Faith Westwood. Uh, and they are a great bunch of kids, uh, and uh, so the, that part of the service will be uh, near the end, and then afterwards you'll get to, to greet them and bless them. But uh, let's take a moment now and pray. Good and kind Father, pour out your grace and power upon us today. We all have hurts and worries and uncertainties that we're dealing with. Lord, help us to put all things in perspective and to remember that you are always working in our lives for good. Open our hearts and minds to your word today by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. All right, right now I'd like to bring up a couple of students, Jordan and Lena. Um, and uh, they are a couple of the confirmation students, and they're going to play a little game with me that I, yeah, why don't you stand here, Jordan, and Lena right there, and I'll hold the mic, all right, and kind of do it back and forth. All right, um, now we're going to play a game called Would You Rather? And uh, there are a bunch of questions, but there are no right or wrong answers, so you can't give a wrong answer, which is good, right? There's no score, and there's no winners or losers, all right? So... Um, Anyway, we're going to start with a warm-up round, and there are two questions for each of you. Jordan, we're going to start with you. And uh, I'm going to ask you, would you rather eat octopus or cow's tongue? Octopus. 
octopus, okay? Uh, Lena, would you rather time travel to the past or the future? Uh, Jordan, would you rather be Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. All right. And uh, Lena, would you rather show up for everything 20 minutes late or 10 minutes early? 10 minutes early. Okay. Not at all the same answers that we got first service, by the way, with other students who are up here. Okay. Now we get to tougher choices in round two. Okay. Um, Jordan, would you rather lose your sight or your hearing? Sight. Okay. Lena, would you rather be the worst player on an undefeated team or the best player on a winless team? The worst player on an undefeated team. Okay. And then, uh, Jordan, would you rather live in a country where you didn't speak the language or in a country that had no internet? Didn't speak the language. Okay. <laughs> Got that one. All right, and Lena... In the same, if the same number of people would die either way, would you rather live in a country that was being bombed or in that one that was facing a deadly pandemic? Pandemic? Pandemic. All right. Now, the last round. And these are about questions that have to do with faith. Okay? Jordan, would you rather go to, to a school where all the students were Christians or where you were the only Christian? Only Christian. Okay. Lena, if you had to lose your best friend, would you rather it be because of your Christian beliefs or your Christian actions? Christian actions. Okay. Lena, or excuse me, Jordan, would you rather be ridiculed by your peers for going to church or reading the Bible? Going to church. Okay. Last question. This is, Lena, would you rather listen to a boring lecture about theories of quantum physics or listen to one of Pastor Steve's Sunday messages? Um, your messages. All right. Very good. Thank you all. Well, maybe on that last one there was a right or wrong. I don't know. What am I to say, you know? Well, today we start a new series called You Are Made for This, and we are walking through the letter of the first letter of Peter. And you might ask, well, why are we going to spend two months exploring this epistle near the back of the Bible? Well, I want to tell you it's because Jesus' people, for us, the Bible is our authoritative source for what we believe and how we behave what we believe and how we behave. So let's open our Bibles. There are a few Bibles in front of you if you didn't bring one of your own or have one on your phone. Uh, go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. If you need to share a Bible with someone near you, please do that as well. Now, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Renewal Movement in the 1700s, says this. The Bible is the whole and sole rule, both of Christian faith and practice. In other words, it's our standard for what we, how we live and what we believe. And that means you and I are called to be different. So do not be surprised if some people think that you are strange or weird, sometimes even dangerous. They may see you as a threat to the way they want the world to be. Verse 1 tells us who this letter is from and who it's going to. It says, Peter, 
an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, I want to focus uh, on two words in this verse, elect and exiles. It's written to Jesus' people who live in these five provinces in what is now northern Turkey, and they are the elect and the exiles. The word elect means that they are chosen by God. And exiles means that they are like refugees. Now, they're not literally refugees. They're not displaced like millions of Ukrainians are now. Uh, They may have lived all their lives in this area. So they are spiritual refugees in that land. They're living in a culture that thinks very differently and lives very differently than they do. And it's all because they are loyal to a resurrected king. And they will not worship the local idols. You know, it's not all that different in this country. We live in a culture where Jesus' people don't always fit in. And that's okay. And verse 2 tells a little bit more about these people. uh, Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And we're going to focus on two words in this verse as well, chosen and sanctifying. Chosen means the same as the elect, okay, in verse 1. But I want you to know it doesn't mean that God chooses some people to belong to Jesus and other people not to. God wants everyone to come to him. Matter of fact, in the next book of the Bible, it's the second letter of Peter, it says this, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God chooses everyone to come to him, and he's waiting for us to choose him in return. And so when it says that you are the chosen, it means that God has chosen you, and now you have chosen God. Now, the other word we want to lift up in verse 2 is sanctifying. Now, that is not a word that you hear or use every day, is it? Matter of fact, I don't think, I probably was not, didn't know what it meant until I was in seminary, but you're going to learn today. Uh, When you are sanctified, the word sanctified means to be made holy, all right? So it means that you belong to God now, and he is changing your life and transforming you from the inside out. It means you are one of God's people, and the Holy Spirit is at work in you, and you are becoming more and more like Jesus. You are being sanctified. It's like if you sign up for the track team. Are any of you confirmantly in track this spring? Yeah, a few of you, yeah. Um, I mean, when you sign up, you're on the team, right? You are on the team. You are a member of the team. You got a shirt to wear at track meets, right? Other people don't get the shirt. You're on the team. You get the shirt. And every day at practice, through your hard work and the coach's help, you are transformed into a better athlete. And all these words that are used here in, in these first two verses, elect, exiles, chosen, sanctified, You know, they were used in the Old Testament to talk about Israel. They were God's chosen people. And now, those who belong to Jesus are the new people of God. 
God says, I choose you to represent me in the world. And then we come to verses 3, 4, and 5, and they're all about this great, glorious good news. That's how Peter wants to start this letter. Let's start. Here's some really good news. And uh, in, the, in the original Greek, it's all one sentence, but in English, in this translation, they break it down into three sentences, but it's still kind of long. But follow along with me, will you? It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We just want to say hallelujah. Good news. God promises us a glorious future. He promises, here it's called our inheritance. And until then, God is going to shield us by his power. So nothing can stop us from receiving this promise. But for now. But for now, life gets hard sometimes. Let's look at verse 6. It says, in all this, in all this good news, promises, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer in grief in all kinds of trials. Well, what's he talking about? What's going on? What, what kind of grief are they suffering? What trials are they enduring? Well, we don't really know. But it was probably that, the peop- that most of the people in these communities were prejudiced against Jesus' followers. You know, some vendors wouldn't even do business with them because they wouldn't worship the local gods. You know, it's, imagine you, know, you go into the mall and, and you go to a shop and they won't even let you in because we know you're one of them. Or they won't let you buy anything there. What if you need a plumber to come and help you at your house, but you can't find one because they won't come to your house? You're one of those Jesus people. They don't want anything to do with you. They think that it's your fault that we haven't had enough rain lately and the local, because the local gods are mad that you're not worshiping them. You know, sometimes being different comes with a price, Right? When I, you know, I, I look at you, you uh, confirmation students, you know, you are so much farther ahead in your faith than I was at your age. I remember when I was in college, I was, I was you know, I, I was living for Jesus then and, and listening to him to live my life and, you know, how, what I believe and how I behave and all that. Anyway, I was in college and I, I uh, joined a fraternity. I don't know, it just seemed like a good idea at the time, Right? Uh, but I liked it better than living in the dorm because, you know, in the house, we all had to work together to make it a good place to live. Well, once or twice a semester, we would um, serenade the sororities. And they knew we were coming and, uh, on that night, and so they would come out on their porch and listen, and then we would stand out on their lawn and sing for them. Well, let me tell you, a few of those songs were the raunchiest songs you ever heard. 
I went along with the serenades, you know, you had to go, but I, I would usually sort of hang out in the back. And some of those songs, I just decided, oh, man, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can sing. I didn't, I didn't complain about it. I didn't make a fuss about it. I was just trying to, to not be noticed. Well, after a couple of years, I had an idea. Um, we had a lot of really good singers in our house. So my junior and senior years, I started a fraternity chorus. I checked out music from the, from the music department, and we practiced a couple of songs in four-part harmony. It was glorious. It, we were, after a while, we were sounding really good. And then on serenade, serenade nights, we'd take a break from the usual songs, and I would come forward, and I would direct the Theta Chi Chorus. And the ladies were amazed. Matter of fact, my senior year, we entered the campus talent contest and won. But, you know, other things didn't work out so well. There, you know, of course, you know, frat house, there are going to be parties. And, uh, and, I, and I found out that these were not casual social events. These were, these were nothing more than beer-chugging contests. And uh, I, I just, I wasn't interested and after a while, I quit showing up. Well, our house had scheduled for dishwashing. And everybody got their turn during the semester to do dishwashing. But at the end of the semester, extra dishwashing duties fell to those who had the most nerd points. And how did you get nerd points? By not showing up to house parties. So guess who was always washing dishes during finals week? I didn't complain. I mean, I had made my choice, right? I, don't re I didn't regret it. I just, I just owned my nerd status proudly. This is before nerd was a good thing, you know. And I just laughed along with it. No big deal. Amazingly, though, there's a good side to that story. My senior year, some of my beer-chugging brothers decided that we were going to have a fraternity prayer breakfast. And they asked, and they, they made the breakfast. And they asked me to speak. And they all showed up. You know, I look back and I realize God did something amazing during those years. When I was a freshman, there were just two guys living in the house who openly said, yeah, I belong to Jesus. By the end of my senior year, about a third of the guys living in the house, about a dozen, openly belonged to Jesus. I also look back and realize uh, how important those times were for me. They helped, helped me solidify who I am and, and how I was going to live. Yeah, there are some things I wish I'd done differently. There are th some things I re would regret that, but hopefully I did some things right and I learned in the process. Peter reminds us how God is at work in our hard situations. Let's look at verse 7. And, and confirmation students, if you want to know what was the main verse you had in your confirmation uh, service, you can say it was 1 Peter 1.7. So maybe when you get home, you want to underline or highlight that in your Bible, okay? 
or make a note in the front. Confirmation, uh, April 24th, 19, or 219. <laughs> it was 19-something when it happened for me. But anyway, 2022, 1 Peter 1, 7. Anyway. These, that is, these trials, these hardships, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, and that's the key part here, the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. What happens to gold when you put it in the fire? It melts. And then the impurities rise to the surface where they can be skimmed off. It's refined in the fire. And the result is a gold that is purer and shines brighter. And that's what happens to you. And your faith is worth much more than gold. Let's say this verse together, shall we? These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which purposes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And these situations um, where we are called to stand out and to be different, they are the fire. We are tested. Our faith is refined in the fire. Don't resist it. Don't whine about it. Don't, don't condemn anyone. Just, just hold your ground. Be faithful and welcome these times. Bring them on. Why? Because God is at work in you. Philippians 1.6 says that God began a good work in you and he will bring it to completion. Romans 8.28 says that in all things, God is working for good when we love him and live for his purpose. James 1 verses 2 and 3 says, be joyful in our trials because when our faith is tested, we are made stronger. So be different. Be strange. Be weird. You are God's people. You belong to Jesus. You are being transformed by the Holy Spirit in you. You are made for this. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the promise that uh, we get to be your people in this life and in the life to come. And for the promise that you will never leave us and you will never give up on us. And Lord, we will never give up on you even if we feel like we are spiritual refugees in this world sometimes. Give us courage, Lord, when we are tested, when we suffer, when our faith is challenged, Refine us, purify us, make us stronger. And now I'd like to give us 
uh, a couple of minutes now to, to bring to God whatever is on our hearts. And you don't have to bring a long list, just maybe one or two things and just lift them before the Lord in prayer.